We're super excited about this. We're super excited about the things going on here this week. And UCC, the, our main church that, ho- that, ho- that hosts Aggies for Christ and Aggies for Christ, we're kind of jazzed about it. We're kind of jazzed about Easter, and we kind of do it big for Easter. So there's a couple things you need to know about. First, on Friday, on our next slide, uh, there's no slides right now? Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, Friday, there's a, there's a lament service. And the lament service, oh, uh, there it is. It's called Cry Out. Now, Cry Out is this type of worship service that we're going to do here in the gym. It's hosted by the big church, but all of us are invited, okay? A lament service is a way to worship God through our pain. A big misconception about Christians and a big misconception about the Bible is it's all sunshine and rainbows once you accept Jesus, and there's no pain, and there's no suffering, and that's it. Big misconception. What we're going to celebrate Friday night is a way to worship God through our pain. So if you have anything this semester that's been weighing on you heavy, If you need some healing in your life, this service is going to be powerful. And it's right here in the gym. We're going to do some cool stuff with the lights. We're going to do some cool stuff with the music. Y'all need to be here. Now, if you can't be here Friday night, that's fine. Please be here Sunday morning. If you're not going home to be with your families for Easter, please come to UCC on Sunday morning at 1030. Um, We're finishing our sermon series, Straight Out of the Tomb. How cool is that? Our our church does a sermon series called Straight Out of the Tomb. Like, that's, uh, it's just, we do, it's fun. Um, We've had a great time in this series, and we're finishing it off with a huge, powerful celebration on Easter Sunday. So if you guys don't have anywhere to go that Sunday, we'd love to have you there at 1030. That's this Friday, and that's this Sunday, but it's Wednesday. And we're in the house tonight, amen? And so now it's time um, to take care of some business tonight. Now I want you to do something with me real quick. Take a breath. Your homework, your tests, your relationship issues, your annoying roommate, the dishes, all that stuff, it's still going to be there in a half an hour when we're done. It's still going to be there. That's all the more reason to let it go right now to let it go right now, to give God, to give God the, the best that we have to offer him for the next 30 minutes, not the leftovers, not the leftovers for this Wednesday evening. Give him the best for the next 30 minutes and let this time be a time of refreshment, okay? Will you all pray with me for the sermon tonight? Dear Heavenly Father, as we, um, as we get ready for the, the Easter celebration, for the resurrection celebration, it just it feels kind of heavy preaching, God, because it's such an important time. And so I pray tonight that you just, um, you take this microphone, you take these words, that they would fall in soft, open hearts, that, that people in this room would, would fill you, that people would be changed, that we would, that we would walk in the, in the victory and the celebration that is what you did on the cross and what you did three days later, um, rising from the dead. God, I love this group of people so much. I pray blessings over them right now for the rest of their semester, and that tonight it would mean something great to them. In your son's name I pray. And everybody said, amen. So tonight, the sermon title is Bored, Bored, when, when Our Worship Becomes Weary. But first thing I want to talk to you tonight about is actual worship. Now, when I say the word worship, 90% of you in the room instantly thought of what? You instantly thought of music, and rightfully so. The church, and the American church especially, has established this, um, this norm that every single church service, every single worship service has to have music. If you guys would have walked in here tonight and I would have just started talking, y'all probably would have got along with it. You probably would have came on. No one would have rioted. It would have been fine. But it would have been weird if we took out the music, right? Now, we do music really well here at UCC and at AFC, and we're super thankful for our praise team. But tonight, I want to look at worship separate from music. Even the dictionary definition of worship doesn't mention much about worship. 
worship, a noun, is, it goes like this. Number one, reverent honor and homage paid to God uh, or any object regarded as a sacred. Number two, formal or ceremonious rendering of such honor and homage. Number three, um, adoring reverence or regard. And even biblically, when we look at scripture, what worship really is, it differs than just singing praises. Now, it is a lot of singing praises, but there's other ways to worship God in scripture. In the Old Testament, there was burnt sacrifices, smoke sacrifices, incense sacrifices, different ways on the altar to honor God. In the Old and New Testament, there was meditation and prayer as a form of worship. And even, even, in the, even in the Old and New Testament, also just following the law of the Lord that he placed before us is a form of of worship. But admittingly, we started tonight with three worship songs, and we're going to finish tonight with two really powerful worship songs, and that's the way that we're going to choose to worship tonight, but I want you to separate the two tonight, the word worship and music. I want you to separate them tonight and think just about worship, because I believe, and you can go to our next slide, I believe that worship holds a clue to the meaning of your life, Tierney. I believe that that worship holds a clue to the meaning of your life, Corey, Matt, everyone in here. I believe that worship holds a clue to absolutely everything that we believe. And it lies in the meaning, and the meaning of our life lies in that. And I think this is the perfect time of the semester to talk about this, to talk about worship when it might become kind of boring, right? When church might become kind of boring. Now, this next part of my sermon, I have this whole paragraph about how after spring break, the numbers usually die down, but we did not. So <laughs> I'm happy you guys are here, but it is, it is true that after spring break, there's going to come some times at the, part, the tail end of this semester where it's hard to get up and come to church. There's daylight. Like, some of y'all want to go play golf. Some of you guys want to be outside. I, I, I get it. But I want to talk about tonight about worship and about how important it is apart from the church. Apart from the church. And it happens everywhere at this time of year. And, and, and when we get busier, I, our priorities start to shift. Our priorities start to shift. And it's a problem as old as time. And we're not the first generation that's had this problem prioritizing worship. And so we're going to look at the Bible right now. We're going to look at the Old Testament in the book of Malachi. Now, for those of you who don't know the Bible, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. So it goes all the Old Testament, Malachi, and then 400 years of silence. And then the next time we hear God speak through Scripture that we have recorded is John the Baptist paving the way for Jesus. Okay, so we're talking about Malachi, this, this, this section of Scripture right before this 400 years of silence. And the Israelites had this same exact problem that, that, we talk about, that we're talking about tonight, weary worship, weary worship. And so um, the way chapter 1 of Malachi starts is it kind of starts with this dialogue between God and the people. And God's kind of laying out this, this, um, uh, this report to them about how, how they're letting him down in regards to worship. Verse 2 of chapter 1 of Malachi says this, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Verse 6 says this, the priest despised my name by offering polluted food, which is just a way of saying not good offerings, um, and, and you say, how have we polluted you? And so what's happening here is God's just laying out this, these, um, these examples that say, I'm pretty, I'm pretty disappointed with the way you guys are worshiping me. And he answers them very sternly in verse 11. He says very sternly in verse 11, from the rising sun to its setting name, to, to, to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. My name will be great among the nations. Pretty much what God is saying here is he's like, hey, I'm going to get mine. 
I'm going to get my praise. I'm going to get my worship. I'm going I'm to do that with or without you. But Malachi had this super tough job, this super tough job of going to the Israelites, going to the people and telling them, hey, your worship isn't good right now. Your worship isn't good right now. And I think the, the main issue Malachi has with the people comes in verse 13. And this is the verse I really want you guys to cling to tonight. But you say, what a weariness this is, and you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. What a weariness this worship is. The people are bored. Not just with church, not just with religion, but with God and with worship. And that is a very dangerous place to be in our faith. Now, a lot of you have heard me preach enough or you've been to church services enough to know that this is the section of the program where I tell you uh, why that's not okay, why not being bored, why, why being bored with worship is not okay, right? I mean, you guys have been in enough church services and know now I have to back it up, right? But before that, I want to talk about what boredom even is. Because when we're bored, it's usually that we, we have this idea in our head that there's something greater out there for us. Like you right now, you might be sitting there um, in this seat, and you might be kind of bored thinking about, man, I could be at the AC right now getting, getting, getting swole, getting ready, to, uh, getting ready for summer. Or you could be, uh, whatever it is, I could be at Kiva Juice, I could be wherever. You're sitting here thinking there might be something better. That goes for other things besides just church. You could be home on the couch thinking, man, there's something better for me to be doing. That's what boredom is. And this, this weekend, what our, what our preaching minister, Charlton Taylor, did is he gave us, at our Sunday services, he gave us this list of priorities that we put before worship. Things that we get, because um, we get bored with worship, we put these other things in this list. So I want to show you guys this list. This comes from an author who did some research on, on Americans right now. And these are the priorities that they put, um, these are the priorities that they put in order. Financial, physical, intellectual, relational, and then spiritual then worship. Financial, the money we're making. Um, physical, the clothes or the time at the gym that we're spending. Intellectual, for us, that can be the chasing of degrees, right? Relational, that one's pretty easy. And then whatever's left over, we're giving our time to spiritual things. We're giving our time to worship. This is what, uh, this is what a, a secular author found. It was this list right here. And tell me that's not true. Tell me that that's, that's not, that list isn't true. It's scary accurate how accurate that list is. And, and, and I'm sorry if this, if this pulls some strings or pokes at some people or pokes at you tonight, but think about it in your own life. And, and I was here too. I, I, was a, I was an undergrad for, I was an undergrad too. I, I know how this feels, but man, if you have an intramural game, man, which, what are you going to pick, worship or the intramural game? Yeah, you know. If you, have, if you have a midterm tomorrow, I can skip worship tonight got a midterm tomorrow. There's going to be more worship times. Yeah, we, we, skip, we skip to study for the midterm. I mean, if I'm being super honest with you guys and just sharing a little bit about my heart with you, this list is why I want to quit my job sometimes. I feel unimportant sometimes. I feel like what we're doing doesn't matter sometimes because fifth on the list, ah, I don't know. There, there's days where I come in here and I feel ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth on the list. Sometimes that's how I feel. But by the grace of God, he always points me back. And he always brings me back to this idea that he is the most important thing, that he is worthy to be praised, and he is, he is to stay number one. He always points me back. And the way he did that in my life this week was through a video. Was through a video. And, and this video um, is with some familiar faces, definitely not preachers, 
but some familiar faces that you'll recognize that are talking about some of these first four things and about how empty some of these first four things can be. So can we play that video right now, please? When How I Met Your Mother first went on the air, I ran into an actress that I uh, knew, and she said, are you just like so happy all the time? Why am I unhappy? Okay. Okay, S S Stephanie Gaga hybrid person. Why are you unhappy? Why is it that you want to quit music? And I remember thinking like, oh, that sitcom's coming. Like that sitcom, it's coming, it's coming. And when I got it, I mean, I won't say it was a depression, but you kind of go through a disappointment because it can't, it, that fame or that thing didn't satisfy the way you thought it was gonna satisfy. I had bought into the not uncommon notion that when I taste success, when I get over there, then I'll be happy. But the strangest thing happened. As the show got more successful, I got more depressed. I thought it would be good to be rich and famous. It would be good to be the opposite of this. It would be good to have stuff. It would be good to have money. It would be good to be invited to the party. Well, I've been invited. I've been in. We're having this chat in a private Swish members club in East London. It's super cool. There's bare brick walls. Everyone's double good looking. But I've been inside now. I've seen the other side of the looking glass. It ain't it's not good. Don't feed your soul. I still feel empty inside. I had everything a man could want, even then. I had, I was a millionaire. I had a beautiful, beautiful women in my life. I had um, cars, a house, an incredible, uh, a solid gold career and, and a future. And yet on a daily basis, I wanted to commit suicide. As a Beatle, we made it and there was nothing to do. We had money. We had uh, fame, and there was no joy. The media told me every day, and it's telling you every day, what it is to be successful. So you've got MTV Cribs, you've got billionaires in front of your face, you have these, these extrinsic, external goals that will say, oh, Tom Shadiak has arrived. He has the right house, the right car, he flies privately. And when I got there, it was empty. You should expect a church answer from me as to why God is worthy to be praised, why we shouldn't be bored with our worship. You should expect that from me. My paycheck is from the church every week it is. So you should expect that from me. But what about when Lady Gaga starts preaching to you or Russell Brand starts preaching to you about how some of these other things are empty? Maybe we didn't see that coming. The accomplishments, the money, the fame, the invitations, the, the prestige, and it's empty. And Eric Clapton still thought about suicide regularly, even though he was at the top of his game. Maybe we didn't expect that. All these things that we think about being potentially more exciting, more fulfilling to God, and all these people, they, they couldn't find joy and they couldn't find satisfaction at the top. They couldn't do it as much as, tried, as much as they tried. And so now it's my turn to preach. Now it's my turn to remind us why there should be emotion, why there should be passion, why there should be this elevated view of worship in our lives. Okay, now, now it's my turn. Can we go to the next slide? This is why, this is why the cross matters. This is why worship matters. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. Next slide. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. You can go to the next slide. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
That is why worship matters. That is why worship matters. Now, I love that some of us in the room are Jesus followers, and we're starting to become more mature, and we're starting to learn more about God, and we're starting to, get, we're starting to think about God, and we're getting more cerebral with our thoughts. I like that. I think that's cool. But the second that we remove emotion from our worship, maybe we're forgetting exactly what it is that Jesus did on the cross. Do you remember how emotional he was on the cross? Or what about even before he had to get on the cross? He was pleading and sweating blood. God, please, take this cup. If you can, I don't want to bear this. If you can, I don't want to bear this. He was emotional. And so our response is this, is this, this idea that, oh, I'm kind of bored with worship. Or, man, I don't, I don't want to go to church. Or I don't, like the, I don't like the songs that they play tonight. Or the worst question that we can ever ask, and I asked this numerous times to my friends growing up, the worst question we can ever ask, how was worship for you? How did you like worship tonight? You know that's why that's the worst question we could ever ask? Because the first question we ask when we walk out of here should be on our knees in prayer asking God, Lord, what did you think of my worship tonight? What did you think of my worship tonight? That should be the question that we ask. That should be the emotion. That is why worship should be elevated in our lives. Because when we look at this list, when we look at this, this road that's been paved for us to be saved, when he did things that he didn't have to do for us, when he took that place on the cross, we should feel an immense amount of gratitude in our hearts. We should be thankful. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Gratitude is why worship should be elevated in our day-to-day lives. Gratitude for what Jesus did for us. The number one time in my life that gratitude has been never more evident to me and what God has done for me was um, the past couple summers I've spent in Honduras with Aggies for Christ. This past couple summers we've gone down there, we've done some mission work, and what happens is you get ready, you get on these big jumbo jets, and you fly into immense poverty, immense poverty, Kids that don't have enough food, kids that don't have shoes, um, widows that don't have homes, guys that don't have jobs, crime infested everywhere. You, you fly into this place and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm living like a king. Yeah, my truck's 15 years old, but it starts every time and it has cold AC. And yeah, my house doesn't have refrigerated air, but it's got some fans and a swamp cooler. And you get, this, you get this feeling for gratitude in your life. That man, like I won the cosmic lottery by being a Christian in America. And you start feeling that gratitude, right? And so what we do in Honduras is we do these building projects. We build these brick homes for widows. Or last year we built this brick church for, for a congregation that was so poor, they've been meeting outside for the past 11 years, this church. We built them a church last year because we had those resources. But this is what we do. We get bricks and we get mortar and sand and dirt. And it's a very messy job. It's a very messy job, the work that we do down there. It's by no means glamorous. It's by no means glamorous. But when you get to the end of this week and you have all this gratitude in your heart, you can't help but start worshiping in some pretty weird circumstances. So when we're building these homes, one of the last jobs that we have to do is we have to do something called tamping. Can we go to the next slide? What a tamper is, is it's a, it's a, it's a tool. They, they don't have power tools there. They don't have heavy equipment. They make their tools. So that's a stunt. That's Taylor right there, um, our, our bass player tonight. And he, he, he has a stump that has two sticks screwed into him, and that's our tamper. And this big, giant church that we built, that whole entire dirt lot right there, it, it, it needs tamped out. One at a time. One at a time. You pick that thing up, 
and you tamp it down. The one I have in the corner there is made out of metal. It's way heavier than Taylor's. I had to do the metal one. But, <laughs> but, but you have to tamp this workout. And, and the thing about this is this is at the tail end of the project. This is at the tail end of the project, right before we pour the floors and we put the roof on. So this is one of the last things that we do. And so in our hearts and in our minds, we're about to head back to America. I'm about to head back to my, to my home that has air conditioning and the, and the food that I can eat as much as I possibly can imagine and, and all the clothes I could ever want. I'm about to head back to that. And I have this immense feeling of gratitude in my heart for this place in the world that God chose me to be, and we have this one last job to do. This is pretty much how we finished our work. And, and, and so we got together, me and Joel and, 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 and Taylor, and I think Nick and Jeff and some other guys in the room, Robert, we were tamping, right? We were tamping. It's this very, it's this hard job where your, your calluses, if you don't have gloves, they start, to, they start to bleed, and the mud gets heavy, and you tamp, and you tamp, and you tamp. Now, worship is not just music because the most worshipful that my heart has been in the past, in my whole entire walk with the Lord, has been tamping for that church, tamping for those, for those widows and those orphans who we're building these homes for because of the gratitude that I have in my life, the gratitude that I have for where God brought me and where God has me in the world. And so for the last little bit that I'm there, even though I'm tired and I'm drenched in sweat and I have third-degree burns on my body from the sun because my white boy skin can't take it and all these things, I'm tired. But we tamp and we tamp and we tamp because it's worshipful, because God deserves this effort. These people deserve this effort. That's worship. That's worship. Because of what he did for me, a privileged American, because of my gratitude for his grace and his goodness towards me in my life and everybody else who was helping build that church, that moment in that week was pure, pure worship. It was pure worship. You know what that moment wasn't? That moment was not glamorous. That was hard, that was repetitive, that was boring. But you know what that moment was? It was worshipful. It was absolutely worshipful. And it wasn't music. And we didn't get a whole lot of praise. But it was worshipful. And so with that segue about it not being worship, I'm going to invite the, the worship team back up here. <laughs> no, this is good. This is how we're going to worship tonight. This is good. You know what tonight isn't? Tonight isn't just a worship service. Tonight is not just a social gathering for Christians. But what tonight is, and what this is going to be right now, is an opportunity for us to worship. Malachi was sent to warn the people that their boredom and that their weariness with worship, that it wasn't acceptable. And you know what he told him two chapters later in Malachi 3.10? He says, if you guys start getting this right, I think we have it on the slide. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Look at that verse. Until there is no more need. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be a blessing to God and others, it starts with worship and it starts with your heart and it starts right now.
Tonight we looked at the idea of, of worshiping things and we let Lady Gaga and Russell Brand, we let them preach to us about how things won't do it. And then we looked at how our hearts should be extremely grateful and that gratitude should ooze from us because of what Jesus did for us on that cross. And now, now we get to worship. You might not be a big singer, you might not be a hand raiser, it's fine, it's fine. Some of you need to find worship in other places this week anyways. For me, it was tamping the floor in a third world country. I don't know where yours is gonna be this week. But we need to find worship. The way we're gonna do that right now is with a couple more songs with the praise team. If you need prayer, if you wanna, if, if worship is something, if the priority list is out of whack and you need prayer, I'm gonna be in the back. Nick, my intern's gonna be in the back. Melissa's gonna be back there to pray with the girls. Um, Tyranny will probably be back there. We got people that wanna pray. If you wanna get baptized, if you wanna talk about taking that next step, if you need a Bible, will you come talk to us in the back? We wanna we want do that for you. But right now, we get a chance to worship. And that should be the most important part of our week. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. This room, every single person in here, we won the cosmic lottery. You chose to make us believers in one of the most privileged countries on the planet. It's not even fair. But you did that. And I'm grateful. But more than where I'm at right now, God, I'm grateful that your son went to that cross for my sins. And he bled for me on that cross. And he bled for every single person in this room. And that's what we're going to celebrate this week in God. But tonight I'm just grateful. Tonight I'm just grateful and I have a grateful heart. And I pray that that is, the, that is what you feel coming from this room. And I pray that these next two songs of worship is something that is glorifying to you, Lord. Because we love you and we praise you. And we're so thankful for the things that you've done in our life, but most of all, the son that you sent for our sins. In his name I pray, amen.